to this week's episode of the Two Brothers in Their Sports podcast. Our topics this week are the first NFL game, which was between the Kansas City Chiefs and the Houston Texans, Novak Djokovic hitting a line judge, the Boston Celtics vs. Toronto Raptors playoff series, Jadavion Clowney signing with the Tennessee Titans, and our new weekly segment, Two Brothers, Two Picks. But first, we talk about the first NFL game. They're unstoppable now. Like, there's literally no way that the Chiefs are going to be stopped. They're prop. Like, they might go close to undefeated. They have a running back now, like a real, really good running back, to duel with Patrick Mahomes, Tyreek Hill, Sammy Watkins, went off in the game, um, Travis Kelsey. They're a crazy team. And their defense, they had a really good free agency and a really good draft. There's basically no way that they can be stopped. We saw yesterday Mahomes threw for like three touchdowns, and the, finally the Texans realized he's going to crush you. So they moved back into the secondary, and then they saw the route to Clyde Edwards Hilaire, who literally pummeled them. One of the best rookie debuts ever. Yeah, I think Clyde had 25 for 138 and a touchdown, which is his last run was, I think, he had his biggest run was 27 yards, which is amazing for a rookie in his first game. Um, I think he's a real Rookie of the Year candidate. I think he is was the best running back out of the draft. If I think if DeAndre Swift went to the Chiefs, it would have been the same deal, though, because their offensive line is amazing. And Patrick Mahomes was really efficient. I think he had a QBR of 90. He was 20, 20, um, 24 for 32, I think, and um, three touchdowns. So Deshaun kept fighting back, but there's no chance against this Chiefs team. They came out like this was their, like, fifth game, and they had been preparing for over three months. The Texans came out flat. Um, they lost DeAndre Hopkins, which was obviously a big deal, and it showed. If DeAndre Hopkins was um, in this game, it might have gone to overtime or it would have been at least close. But their pass, their catch was um, – their biggest receiver was – um, eight for one twenty-two, which was Will Fuller, and Will Fuller, I don't think can be a number one receiver, and it shows how much DeAndre Hopkins was in this was in this team and was worked to this team. And even with DeAndre Hopkins, they were ranked um, middle of the pack um, in passing. So there's no way they're going to be better than that unless there's a miracle with their wide receivers. Yeah. So um, the Texans are a very good team. One of the best. They lost DeAndre Hopkins, but they did get David Johnson, who's actually looking like how he did in 2016, I think. Yeah, 2017, yeah. And they're a good team, but no one's going to come close to the Chiefs. Like, they are just the best of the best now. They're, I would say, better than any team for, like, the past 20 years, and this is just for one game. We're going to see what they can do next week. And they, um, the Texans came out with, like, a David Johnson, Duke Johnson um, combo in the backfield. It worked a little bit, but David Johnson is showing spurts of what he was in 2016 or 2017 when he had an amazing year and then his the rest until this year was hampered by injuries. And I think he can be a, their lead back. He can take them places. And if Deshaun Watson keeps up what he did last night, I think this Texans team is going to be a hard competitor. And later in the season, I think they'll be able to beat or at least put up a fight against the Kansas City Chiefs. Now we're going to talk about the Celtics versus Raptors playoff series. And the Celtics were up 2-0, and then it went to 3-3 in Game 7, and then the Celtics took it home. Yeah, so this, I don't even believe that the Celtics should have made it possible for the Raptors to get a chance to win. They did, and this is what happened. 
they stepped up their game, but almost too late. And that should never happen. No matter who you're playing, no matter when you're playing anything, that should not happen because that is limiting your chances, and you may not even win the series. And if that happens, that is not going to be good. Well, it's virtually impossible to just try to get, just demolish a team 4-0. Only great teams, against, only like amazing teams against horrible teams do that. And the Raptors aren't a horrible team, and the Celtics aren't an amazing team. An amazing team versus a worst team, a horrible team would be like the Lakers versus, um, there's not even a horrible team in the playoff series. It's only if your division is horrible. So I think that, the Celtics gave up this. They should have won way earlier. I think in at most, at most, five games. And they let it go to seven. And then this is what happens. It was a five-point game. Marcus Smart came up clutch with that block. But still, it was way too close for comfort. And I just don't think that the Celtics did a good job defending. Yeah, so um, the Raptors are a really good team. But again, they don't have Kawhi. And they, they won this... Um, well, Siakam is good, but he's not, like, people are saying Giannis needs his um, super, he needs another superstar. And he already has Chris Middleton. Well, the only Chris people, Middleton is not a superstar. If you put him in the West, he would not be a superstar. I know, but, like, the only people that they have is, the only people that they have is literally them. And well, they could, they, the Bucks could also trade for an agent CP3. So, it's, it's basically... The Celtics aren't the Bucks caliber, but the Bucks are out now, and then now they're playing the Heat. So what do you think about that series coming up? I think that's going to be a really good series. I just don't think... Well, the Heat are very underrated. They they were beating the Bucks. That's kind of crazy. They beat the Bucks in five games. It should have been four, but I don't know. They had a lack of defense in one of their games. But, yeah. yeah it's still saying? crazy. And yeah. I think... I think that the Heat are really underrated. I don't think that they're going to go out so fast. I think that they'll be a really good team. So, if I think, I'm being honest here, I think the Celtics will lose to the Heat in six or seven games. The Heat have so many key players and bench players, too. You're talking about Gordon Dragic. You're talking about um, players like Jimmy Butler, who's showing signs of what he was in Chicago. Um, and all these players, they look like they're nothing, but together, they're everything. They can literally do anything. They do, As Art just said, they defeated the Milwaukee Bucks, who were the number one team in the whole, um, number one team in the whole East. So, I mean, in the whole league. So, if you have those components, and like um, Robinson, they have two. If you have all those um, okay people, but you put them together, you have an amazing team. Bam Adebayo almost won the skills competition which is the best all-around player in that year. So, I think this will be a challenge for the Celtics, and I would be surprised if they won. Now we're going to talk about Novak Djokovic hitting a line judge. So, obviously it wasn't intentional. The play, what happened was, um, he was going to give the ball back to the ball boy or barber, whatever you want to call call them, um, and he hit it back and he was facing the other way and he hit one of the line judges and they the um the referees were talking for about 20 minutes of the match officials and they decided that it should be a default win for um 
So it was the number one who was Djokovic against the number 20, um, and the number 21, and Djokovic, it was obviously a competition, so no, um, Djokovic was disqualified, but I think this was not the right call. It was obviously unintentional, and after he heard the, after he hit the line judge, the line judge let out a yelp. He turned to try and help the line judge and tried to get her water, whatever, and they still disqualified him, and even if you think it's intentional, no one is going to do this intentionally. And Novak Djokovic, especially a player of this caliber, if he gets calls, he may get. If he doesn't get the calls he wants, he may get angry. But there's no way any person would ever try to hit a line judge. Yeah, unless you're angry. But he he was the number one rated player in the world. I think he yeah. didn't mean to do it. He was just angry. But you have to understand when you're hitting something like that. There's a chance that that happens, and if you hit someone, it's by default that you automatically are ejected, and that's what happened to him. There, there's no if and buts. Yes, you may be the best player. Yes, you might have not meant it. I get it, but it's by default. That's like you. Can, if you do something in the Super Bowl, and it's a default rule that you can't do it, no matter if you meant it or not. If it was an accident, it doesn't matter. You're out. Yeah, but for football, they have. I know they have replay in the. Um, it doesn't matter too much. No, no, but in like in basketball too, they can check the call and reverse the call. They should be able to do that in tennis, even if it's a default rule. Like there's the um, rule in the NFL that if there's a flag and there's a 10 second runoff, and that's what happened in the second half of the Chief Texans game. That's and it. there was 14 seconds, and then there was four seconds left, and they had to bring out Harrison Bucker to kick a field goal. But they plays can be reviewed, and especially if it was a pass interference call, it can be reversed. Um, the NFL made that rule last year. So if calls happen like this, I think they should be able to reverse, even if it's blatant, and even if it's a default rule that you can't change. So Jadavion Clowney, after all this drama, is signing with the Titans. So he just signed with the Titans. I think it was fourteen or fifteen million dollars a year, but I think it was a one-year deal. This player is an amazing player. We all remember the hit he delivered in college. No one can forget that, and he still can take over games that exact same way. Um, the Titans lost Jarrell Casey, and I think this is—he's even better. Um, Jadavion Clowney's even better than Jarrell Casey. Um, Jarrell Casey obviously to the Broncos, and it just came out that. Um, the Broncos were also trying to sign Cameron Wake, so that would be an amazing team. But now we go back to Jadevian Clowney. This team had a Cinderella run last year. You can call it Cinderella. I don't call it Cinderella. I call it dominant run. Um, but there is no way now this team will be a real competitor. They re-signed Ryan Tannehill, obviously, in the offseason. They signed Derrick Henry. Um, so this is now just an even better team than it already was. Yeah, so picture this, okay? Well, they lost Jarrell Casey, but all their, their safeties, they have maybe the best corners in the league, plus Jadavion Clowney, now to pressure the quarterback. If I'm re- reality speaking right now, that's probably one of the best teams in the NFL. Oh, and I'm not going to forget, they also have uh, the best runner in the game, or some people call him the best runner, who's led the league for the past two years or last year, but he's been really good and he had a breakout year, and we know that he's going to keep being good, um, Derrick Henry, and a new franchise QB, and they made it to the um, AFC Championship game. What do you think is going to happen? I think, 
They might make the Super Bowl this year, even with Lamar Jackson. And the Chiefs, they'll beat the Chiefs, you think? Well, they might. We I saw, do not We think saw so. what happened last year. I'm not going to say they will, because like we were saying before, those Chiefs are dominant, but maybe. I'm not going to... I'm not gonna put anything out of the question. I highly doubt it. But um, to Devin Clowney with the Seahawks, he had kind of an off year. He with the Texans though, he was with JJ Watt. Both of them were amazing players. Both of them still are. And the fact that to Devin Clowney was let go or traded to the um, Seattle Seahawks is just still after three years or two years after that is still very surprising for me. There's. Jadavion Clowney is such an amazing player, as I keep saying. And I can't even wrap my head around a contender like this, like the Tennessee Titans, signing a player of this caliber, and they and they had this amount of cap space. Jadavion Clowney got exactly what he wanted by waiting, but I don't know if he'll be fit and prime for him against the Denver Broncos, who drafted Jerry Juby and are an amazing team. So looking looking forward to that Monday night game. Ars, what do you think will happen between the um, Titans and the Broncos 10-10 um, EST? I think that it's going to be a really close game. But in the end, I think it's going to be the Titans that pull out. I, was, I didn't know because the um, Broncos defense have always had a very dominant defense. This year, they're still really good. But I didn't know who would go. And now, with Jadavion Clowney, I think that the Titans are going to pull out on top. I think I disagree with that. I think the Broncos will pull out on top. We don't know how, what kind of form Devin Clowney is going to be in. Even if he's been working out by himself, he hasn't been working out with the team. We don't know if he's, he's even going to start. He probably will. But Jerry Judy, Philip Lindsay, Melvin Gordon, and Cortland Sutton, all on the same team with and with a Drew Lock, who experts are predicting to be amazing this year. So this team. Even though we're talking about Jadavion Clowney, we're also talking about the Broncos' offense and the Broncos' defense. And this is just an amazing combo for the Broncos. And I don't think even a defense like the Tennessee Titans will be able to take over that. And now for our segment, Two Brothers, Two Picks, where each of us picks the two top players that are must-have on fantasy football rosters for Week 1. My two picks this week are DJ Moore, the wide receiver for the Carolina Panthers against the Las Vegas Raiders, and Carson Wentz, the quarterback for the Philadelphia Eagles against the Washington football team. So why DJ Moore? Well, DJ Moore is playing um, a very, the Raiders defense is not very deep. They're, they're all, their whole secondary is all rookies or second years, and one of their rookies, one of their second years this year was hurt last year in Jonathan Abram. And last year, they were 24th defense. So what do you think that's going to make them? That's going to expose all the weaknesses. DJ Moore, Curtis Samuel, and Robbie Anderson. All three of these wide receivers are going to have amazing games, I'm predicting, against this Raiders team that is finds themselves in a new city with these new players that I don't know how they're going to play. And obviously, everyone knows the drill. When you start in the league, you have to prove yourself. Example, Deshaun Watson against um, Thornhill, or not Thornhill, but against the Chiefs, he kept testing their um, rookie cornerback. Same thing is going to happen here. DJ Moore such an experienced receiver. I think he's number seven ranked in fantasy, um, number seven wide receiver. So that's why DJ Moore. Carson Wentz, well, this is obviously a no-brainer playing the Washington football team. Um, even though he has hurt wide receivers, Jalen Rieger, Kez Watkins, 
and um, Deshaun um, Jackson. He also has Alshon Jeffrey, and these are all explosive receivers. Um, Carson Wentz is not a bad quarterback. Um, and playing against the Washington football team, um, they don't have a very good defense. Last year, they they had one Pro Bowl Pro Bowler in um, Ryan Kerrigan, who just got extended, but. Their, their defense is not good. Everyone knows that. Last year, they did horrible, too. And there's no way that they're just going to change dramatically one year to another. So, um, my picks, I'm actually... So, we know that Michael Thomas and George Kittle are going to break out. They've been breaking out. They've been really good for years and years now. So, obviously, I think that they're going to do really good. But I'm not going to go over too much detail for them. Um, Michael Thomas playing Tampa Bay, who doesn't really have that good of a secondary... And George Kittle playing Arizona, who barely has any secondary. They have a good run defense, but not a pass defense, especially against a tight end friendly um, offense like the 49ers. And they can also run, so they're going to have to account for both of those. So I'm actually going to go two running backs. Right now I'm going to go James Conner. Pittsburgh running back, super old, underrated. Um, he should be way higher. He's ranked. He's um, projected 16 points. He's playing the New York Giants, who literally couldn't, I think, have one of the worst defenses in the league. And um, Ben Roethlisberger is coming back, so they're not going to throw too much. They're going to run basically, I think, like half of the time, and he's going to get a lot of points. So, also, my second running back is Austin Eckler, who I think is going to break out. He's He broke out last year. Then Melvin Gordon, Gordon came back, and he still was amazing. Now, Melvin Gordon's gone. He's the only good running back. He can also catch the ball. So, with Tyrod Taylor at the beginning of the season, I'm, and I'm predicting Justin Herbert to be the new starting QB by the end of the season, he'll do a lot of good things running the ball and um, catching the ball. And they're playing Cincinnati this week. We know, we all know why Cincinnati was the number one pick last year because they didn't have a good offense and they didn't have a good defense. So both of them, I think, are going to break out a lot, and I'm I can't wait to see because they're good young players, and I can't wait to see their potential. And if you take away nothing from this, Austin Eckler, um, James Conner, DJ Moore, and Carson Wentz for who you should start if you have them week one, try to get a last-minute trade in, get your league commissioner to accept it, push the trade out. Um, and basically, any NFC East team you're playing that's not the Dallas Cowboys or the Philadelphia Eagles, if you are if you're so you have someone that's playing against them, start them every single week. Thank you guys so much for listening to this week's Two Brothers and Their Sports podcast. We hope you guys will tune in next week. Um, and you guys can listen to all our episodes. They're really good. We argue a lot. And we hope you love this podcast. Give us a review down below and leave a suggestion or a comment. And we'll take those into account. And maybe we'll give you a shout out. So thank you so much again. And until next time, we're the two brothers in their sports podcast.